Welcome to the Let's Get Sensory podcast. My name is Kelsey and I'm an occupational therapist, sensory specialist, and ADHD. -er. If you're looking to up-level you and your kids' lives by learning how to live a sensory lifestyle to help with attention, anxiety, hyperactivity, and impulsivity, then you've come to the right place. So here we go. Let's get sensory. Hello, Sensory family. Welcome back to the Let's Get Sensory podcast. I am so, so, so excited to start off with day one of our five-day sensory challenge. I actually just got back from South Carolina and I had a friend's wedding, so I spent all weekend celebrating and having so much fun and having an amazing time, but I got back feeling so dysregulated, so I am in regulation recovery mode, trying to do all the sensory things to regulate my nervous system before going back to work tomorrow. And I am recording this with my weighted blanket and a cozy spot. I also have my magnesium calm drink and just starting to feel my nervous system recharging and starting to get more balance, which is such a good feeling, much needed right now and definitely helping with my Sunday scaries. Um, so last week, we talked about the signs of anxiety in kids and how a lot of the signs can be more inconspicuous and not as a parent, like as a teenager or young adult, I knew I was very anxious and my anxiety was very obvious, but it wasn't so obvious when I was a child. Like even though looking back at myself when I was a child, I can see it and even feel it back then so clearly. And again, I experienced all six of those main signs we discussed in last week's episode, part one. And if you haven't listen to that yet. I highly recommend going back and also listening to that episode. But again, just to remind you what those six signs of anxiety in kids are. And again, these are the more hidden, less obvious signs aside from what we typically think of when we hear anxiety, which is like the frequent worrying. So those six less common signs of anxiety in kids are one, perfectionism, two, being overly competitive, three, shyness, four, getting frustrated easily, five, being indecisive, and six, task avoiding, so being a task avoider. And so today we are going to dive deeper into tips and strategies to helping kids experiencing these sp more specific signs of anxiety. And I think this is so important to talk about because sensory processing disorder and anxiety really go hand in hand. Like if you think about anxiety or think back to a time or situation where you felt anxious, think about how you or your nervous system just felt more in that hyper alert and on edge kind of state feeling and that overly sensitive nervous system or anxious nervous system. It's extremely interrelated. And I think it's so, so, so incredible. And just for your kids are so, so lucky that you are here and aware of sensory processing and empowering your kids by learning about sensory therapy. Because for so many anxious kids, sensory processing disorder, the sensory component is often missed. Um, and like I see so many kids working in school, showing signs of anxiety, and I end up talking with their teacher and advocating for them for getting occupational therapy evaluations to look further at that sensory processing component and see if that may be related to some of the anxiety they're experiencing. I think a lot of people, especially in the school setting, get confused and only refer kids to OTs who have handwriting or fine motor challenges, 
but a child absolutely does not need to just have fine motor difficulties to qualify for OT services. Any child experience regulation or anxiety challenges can greatly benefit from occupational therapy services. And if your child doesn't or isn't able to qualify or you don't have access to OT services, just keep on doing what you're doing by learning as much as you can from people like me or the many other sensory advocates out there. So today for our day one of the sensory challenge, five-day sensory challenge, we are going to be talking about specific strategies to use helping kids experiencing anxiety or low self-esteem. So these are the strategies I use every day, every single one of my sessions with all my kids. These are strategies that I even use personally for myself to help me. And so your assignment for day one of this challenge is to just use, pick out and use one of these strategies with your kids today and to test it out and try it out. So we'll start off with strategy number one for kids who are task avoiders. And I'm starting with this one because this is a big one. And as a major task avoider and procrastinator myself, this is a strategy that I even use personally and also with a lot of pretty much all of my kids. So my strategy for kids who are task avoiders is encouraging participation over completion. So for me and so many of my kids, I see them hear about an assignment, maybe it's homework or maybe it's something else, and they hear about this task and what they have to do, and they immediately shut down. And to them, it feels like it's the end of the world, and especially kids who have fragile and sensitive nervous systems. To them, little things, of course, are going to feel huge. And especially in a society that puts so, so, so much focus on completion and achievement and grades, it's a tough weight to bear. And just having to deal with that constant pressure of having to complete an item and having to achieve this huge end product. And especially students who during the school day are having to complete task after task after task. It's a lot. And that pressure specifically is a lot. And it's really hard part. So with my kids, I use the motto. Um, one of the models that I'll use with them is like participation over completion or effort over finishing. I just put a lot of my focus into removing the pressure of completing a task. And I put the emphasis instead of only on simply participating or trying whatever that activity is. I tell them I don't care about the end product. I don't care whether they finish it or finish something. I just want to see them try. I love to see them just making an effort, and I praise the heck out of their effort. I say, you're doing so awesome. You're doing amazing. I love your effort. I love your hard work. I let them know that I'm simply proud of them for the effort that they made. And I also try to do my best to allow them to feel successful. So for example, maybe right now I have a child who shuts down anytime they get a writing activity. So I may start small with, um, okay, let's just do writing for five minutes. So again, not putting that focus on the completion of the task or finishing. And then, so what I'll do is I maybe will use a visual timer. I love using visual timers for this and just choose one thing to focus on. So maybe we're just going to focus on the letter A today. And so it doesn't feel overwhelming. The task doesn't feel overwhelming and allow them to feel like they can be successful and to help build their self-esteem with the activity. I meet them with where they are. So I might start the visual timer and I praise, praise, praise their effort during and just their hard work. And when that timer goes off, I don't emphasize whether or not they finished. I don't even address it because to me and soon to them, 
it doesn't, it won't matter. It is the effort they put in that matters and is worthy of praise. And slowly over time, as they build their confidence and feel less overwhelmed with the activity, I slowly start increasing that time and finding that just right challenge for them that is slightly challenging, but also where they can still feel successful and proud of themselves at the same time. So again, the strategy for kids who are task avoiders is to encourage participation over completion for a set period of time. So next up, we have our kids who are indecisive. Decisive. And this is another strategy that I do with myself personally and also with a lot of my kids. Um, so that strategy is to give choices, give choices, and give more choices. We want to increase their confidence in themselves and their ability to make decisions and to do things. And by strengthening their choice muscle, their decisiveness and confidence muscle, we strengthen this muscle by frequently giving them choices. Do you want this or that? Do you want the orange or the red one? Literally anything at all that I can give a choice, I make it a choice. Do you want the orange or blue pencil? Do you want the red or yellow cup? This allows their nervous system to feel really in control and feel confident and feel at peace because it feels like they're more in, in charge, which is so important for kids with sensitive nervous systems that feel so out of control in their body all the time. And for a lot of kids, I will also do a five-second countdown trick, or for myself, this is one I do a lot personally. And so where I will ask them, maybe, for example, would you rather write about this or that? And what happens with a lot of kids is they pause and their nervous system freezes and they shut down. And so I help unfreeze their nervous system by adding in just a friendly, low pressure countdown. So in a playful, low stressful way, I'll um, say, pick a random one and I'm going to count down to five. So five, four, three, two, one, and just whatever comes to their mind, just say it. And so this allows, helps them get out of that free state. And this strategy is also close related to my third strategy, which is for shyness. Because if you think about when it comes to shyness and indes being indecisive, they're very similar in the sense that they relate to that nervous system being in that freeze state. So my strategy for kids who are shy is to also give kids choices to help emphasize the idea that their opinion matters, their voice matters, their beliefs matter. When someone gives us choices, it is a lot easier than having to come up with ideas on our own. So it makes it way easier for kids. Like think if someone asks you the question, what do you want for dinner? You may have to think for a while, at least for me, I know when someone asks me like this question or other questions like this, I can just, my mind will go blank. I forget everything and I love to cook and I cook frequently and all the time, but all of a sudden when I'm asked this question, it's like my brain forgets everything and I just go into that free state. So imagine being asked this compared to then being asked, would you rather have chicken or pasta? And it just makes it way easier and also it feels good to make a decision. It makes our nervous system feel happy and in control, which in return makes us mentally happier and feel more at peace. And so for example of how this ties into shyness, when I have kids who I am who are maybe new and I'm meeting them for the first time, I'm really, really good at helping kids feel more comfortable and open up and feel comfortable with me. And the strategy works for me majority of the time, helping kids feel comfortable by giving them choices. It's a simple strategy that does wonders for helping kids feel more confident and comfortable. It really is so, so, so powerful. And so next up, we have our fourth strategy, which is for kids who get frustrated easily. And so for this strategy, I recommend selecting activity that maybe tends to be triggering for your child. So maybe just for an example, that's brushing, brushing their teeth. 
So my strategy is another simple but powerful strategy, and that is to combine calming activities with the triggering activities. So for example, the brushing teeth, um, the brushing teeth. So maybe your child really hates having their teeth brushed in the morning. And for this, I recommend to parents changing it up and tricking their brain in a way. So by adding a more calming activity in, so for a lot of kids, it gets to that time where they know it's the morning, they're gonna have to walk into that bathroom and their brain and their nervous system and their senses immediately walks to that bathroom and starts fearing what is about to happen because that negative connotation is already there. So we can work to kind of trick the brain by changing up the environment or changing the timing Maybe they hate brushing their teeth, but they love breakfast time in the morning. They love going to the table and having breakfast. They're calm. They're regulated, more regulated during that time. So try bringing the toothbrush to them during when they're at the breakfast table and doing it while they're sitting at the table and they have their breakfast, you know, in front of them to have right after. And so while having, maybe for example, that's just having a little calming show on their tablet that they like to watch and maybe are regulated while watching it, calming show. And this helps their nervous system start to build trust with brushing teeth because their brain starts connecting that teeth brushing to that other calming or more joyful activity. And so next up for the fifth strategy is for kids who are overly competitive. And this is another one that I love to do during group sessions um, that I do during school or especially, but also even whenever I'm just simply playing a game with any child who's overly competitive or maybe gets really upset or sad if they lose. And I make it very, very clear in the beginning, the point of the game is whoever has the most fun or whoever loses wins. And sometimes I will have them repeat back to me like, okay, how do you win? Um, and something like that. And I do this with every single game. So it teaches and reinforces the idea that winning doesn't actually matter. What matters is enjoying the game and the process. So this is something that I do pretty much with most games. And even during the middle of the game, I'm asking like, okay, how are we having fun? And kind of just emphasizing the idea like we are here to have fun with the process and the game, not about the winning. And at the end, I'll say, okay, who had the most fun? How much fun did you have? And so last but not least, and also very related to that last strategy, we have our sixth strategy for kids who are perfectionists. And that strategy is to celebrate and reward mistakes. And for a lot of times, I will make this into a little game for kids. A lot of times when I do this, the kids are like, what, Miss Kelsey, you are crazy. But then eventually they start to enjoy it. And a lot of times I use myself as an example. So say we're doing a game and maybe it's like some kind of like throwing game and um, like a basketball kind of like target game. And so I'll play with them and I'll miss. It'll be my, my shot and I'll miss. And I'll say, yay, I missed. And then maybe after they miss, I'll say, yay, you're doing so awesome. And they'll be like, but I just miss. And I'll say, you're, it was an awesome miss. And I'll do little things like that with everything. And this is just another little reverse psychology tip that helps make mistakes feel less scary, less intimidating. It helps kids' nervous system build confidence and get comfortable with making mistakes. And another simple but super powerful strategy, as um, as with all of these strategies, they're all so, so, so simple. But once you try these out today, you are going to see that they are weirdly so, so, so powerful and they work. 
And so again, just review over the six strategies. And remember, you're going to want to choose one of these. Just start with one today to test out and try with your child and write these down. Or if you're driving, maybe come back, pause, and then go back and write these down and just maybe add them a little note in your phone. And so pick which one you're going to do for our day one of our sensory challenge. So number one, indecisive. So kids who are indecisive and the strategy is to give choices, give frequent choices all the time. And then next up, number two, for task avoiders, the strategy is to encourage participation and effort over completion for a set period of time and then slowly work your way up. And then number three, for kids who are perfectionists, the strategy is to celebrate and reward mistakes all the time. And then number four for shyness, the strategy is to give them choices, to emphasize the idea that their opinion matters, their voice matters. And then number five, the strategy is for kids who get frustrated easily is to add that calming activity into triggering activities. And then number six, the strategy for kids who are overly competitive is to play games where the loser wins or play games where whoever has the most fun wins. So I hope you enjoyed these and took away some easy daily strategies that you can do with your kids to help ease their anxiety and also to help them build confidence. And maybe even took away some strategies that you can use yourself personally like I do. And don't forget that door is open for my online course, Sensory Life Academy, which closes this Friday, April 1st. And there are no words to explain just how excited I am for this round. And again, if you aren't familiar with Sensory Life Academy, it is my three-month deeply transformational program where I guide and support parents through creating a sensory lifestyle for their kids. I guide you and give you everything you need to do for three months of intensive, but also very easy and practical home therapy for deep sensory nervous system healing for your child to bring more peace and help them with sensory challenges, hyperactivity, attention, impulsivity, anxiety, self-esteem, and so much more. And that is only half the program because the other half is supporting you through emotional and nervous system healing. Because so often parents so selflessly neglect their own emotional needs, which is why this is such a special part of the program because you get to be supported simultaneously while also doing intensive but extremely practical and easy sensory therapy for your child while also covering all the things inside the course and also getting surprise guest expert lessons from like the autism dietitian Britton and our autism consultant Molly or Tequila with sensory superpowers and more that will be joining us inside Sensory Life Academy. And so you can visit the link in the show notes to learn more about the course. And thank you so much for joining me today. And I will be doing the five-day challenge, sensory challenge with you guys all week. So be sure to come back tomorrow for day two of the sensory challenge. And love you guys so much. And I'll see you tomorrow for day two.